You're listening to episode 22 of the Journey to Launch podcast, how investing in yourself and starting a business can lead you to financial success with Bola of Clever Girl Finance. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to episode 22 of the Journey to Launch podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest. I am talking to the very inspiring and amazing Bola Sukundi of Clever Girl Finance. If you don't know who Bola is, she's a certified financial education instructor, an expert on everything money, and the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance, a website and business helping women manage their finances. In this episode, we talk about a lot. We talk about the mindset involved when starting a business, the money management strategies, and the sacrifices one has to be willing to make. It's a very informative episode for anyone thinking about starting a business, but even if you're not interested in starting a business, you get a bit of advice on budgeting and debt management, and you'll get to hear Bola's amazing story about how she grew up with parents who didn't have much or who worked really hard to provide for her and her siblings, and how her mother's willingness and dedication to providing an education for her really started her on the path to making sure she was going to be an independent and financially sound woman. If you don't know who Bola is, if you're not on Instagram and you don't follow her, she is just, to me, the queen of Instagram when it comes to her content and all the information she provides. And I met Bola actually a couple years ago virtually. I met her online and at the time she had so many followers on Instagram and was doing so well with Clever Girl Finance. And I was just starting out. I think I maybe had like 200, (laughs) 300 followers on Instagram. We got connected through a mutual online friend. And we started talking and she still took the time, even that she's had such a bigger audience than me, she still took the time to give me some advice and provide some really, really great tips on what I should do with Journey to Launch. And so I've always just admired that about her. And it's a quality that I intend to pass on. And it's one of the reasons why if you do reach out to me on Instagram or anywhere, especially if you're in the personal finance space and you want to get started with blogging or podcasting or just anything, I totally believe in that we should all help each other. It's really us standing on the shoulders of giants, the people who have come before us who are paving the way. And I'm all about helping someone because there's always someone who has helped me. And Bola is one of those people who really inspired me to keep going on this journey, to keep going with the brand Journey to Launch and really try to turn it into something where I can do it full time. And you'll hear that in this interview. I mean, she took Clever Girl Finance from her side gig, her side hustle into her full-time career, her full-time job. And so I was very interested, as you can imagine, on how she did that. And you'll hear all about that in this episode. Before we hop right in, I just want to let you know, if you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 22 for all the links to anything we discussed. 
as usual. If you are listening to this in Apple Podcasts, the little purple app on your iPad or iPhone, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. When you do that, it really helps the visibility of the podcast. And look, even if you're not listening to this in an Apple product, that's totally fine. You can really find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just tell a friend, subscribe to it, and just keep the word going about Journey to Launch. If you want to follow me on social media, you know that's Journey to Launch on all social media accounts. And of course, join the private Facebook group. I will be actually reading a review from one of the reviewers on the Apple Podcast app later on. So stick around for that. And without further ado, let's jump into this amazing episode with Bola from Clever Girl Finance. I am so excited to have Bola Sukumbi on the podcast today. Hi, Bola. Hey, Jamila. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited because, you know, we both have crazy busy schedules and we've been internet friends for so long. I just had to have you on my show because you have a lot of information and knowledge to share. I'm excited to be sharing and we have been internet friends for a while and it's funny, we just met in person a few days ago, right? (laughs) Yes, we did finally meet. So that was awesome. So introduce yourself. I feel like a lot of my audience knows who you are already, but just in case, what is Bola about? My name is Bola Shukumbi. (laughs) I'm the founder of Clever Girl Finance. It is a financial empowerment platform for women to help them take charge of their personal finances, ditch their debt, save money, and focus on building real long-term wealth. I'm really passionate about spreading the message of financial wellness for women because I feel like there is a big gap in that space. And I feel like the industry as a whole doesn't necessarily identify or address the needs that are specific to women. And it's not enough to give us financial services or financial products that were designed by men for men and slap pink on it and be like, here is finance Mm -hmm. for women. (laughs) So that's my mission and that's my passion. And I'm all about helping women get to the point where they are happy about where they stand financially based on what they deem as financial success for themselves. I mean, you have definitely a story of paying off debt and saving money, which we'll get into. But what I primarily wanted to focus on with you today is really how you transitioned from working full time to starting Clever Girl Finance. Yeah. So Clever Girl Finance is two years old and I've been working in it full time for the last year. Right. Which is amazing how far you've gotten in such what seems to be a short amount of time, but I know you put a lot of work into it. So I really wanted to focus on that. Let's just go back to kind of what your money story is. My money story comes from, I guess it goes way back to my childhood and how I was raised with my mom and my dad. And my dad was always telling me penny wise, pound foolish, which basically means a lot of people don't pay attention to how to manage their money when they have a lot. You want to learn how to manage your money when you have a little so that when you have a lot, you know what to do. And he would tell me things like, no matter how rich your husband is, no matter how successful the person you marry is, you want to be able to stand on your own two feet. You don't ever want to be a liability to anybody else, including yourself. So my parents were always giving me tidbits about money. And my mom specifically, she was a hustler. She got married really young. She got married at 19. She had four kids. She was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And she started to see things that were happening with her friends that she did not like. She would see friends lose their husbands or go through divorces. And when that happened, the woman would know nothing about the family finances or the spouse's families would come in and take over everything. And my mom just never wanted to find herself in that position. Thankfully, my parents are still married, but she took it upon herself to start building wealth for herself. And she went to college with four kids. She opened all kinds of businesses. My mom was always hustling. She was an investment banker 
And it actually got to a point where my family went through a financial downturn because my dad had to retire 15 years earlier than planned. And in the grand scheme of someone's retirement planning, that is a big deal. And so it was time for me to go to college. And my dad had sent my brothers to college in Europe and in America. And he was like, listen, I can send you to college, but I can't afford to send you to college abroad. So I'm originally from Nigeria. My mom stepped in at that point and she was like, you know what? I've been saving. I've been putting money aside. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay for you to go to college in cash. And my mom did that. And that's a gift that I am forever grateful for. I don't take it for granted in any way. And that's really the foundation of my money story, just being able to see what my mom was able to do, getting the advice from my dad. And when I moved to America, it was a whole different story. I come from a society where credit is not a thing. It wasn't a thing back then when I was growing up to a country where credit is basically everything. (laughs) So, of course, getting that free ride to college was great for me. But every job fair I would go to, there would be the credit card company talking about here's some free money. And of course, I fell for that. I got into credit card debt as a college student, and I eventually had to tell my mom about it because I had no way to pay it. Mm -hmm. But I quickly recovered. And then coming out of college, I just really wanted to do well with my money. I was compelled. The fact that I was earning a salary for the first time in my life, consistent paycheck, And I challenged myself to save as much as I could possibly save. And so I was able to save $100,000 in a little over three years. And your audience can read about that on my blog since we're going to be talking about business. But that's something that I did. (laughs) I will definitely link that all in the show notes, everyone, so you can read up about how Bola did that. Fast forward to now, I worked in the technology world, the consulting world for 11 years. And I got to a point where I wanted to do something that really mattered. And it took me a couple of years to brainstorm what it was going to be. I wanted it to be something that mattered to me, something that I was passionate about. And I loved my job, but it wasn't my passion. As I brainstormed over those couple of years, what it was that I wanted to do, everything came back to women and money because my friends are always asking me about investing, about debt repayment, about how did you save this money? And I had personal blogs where I would blog about finances and fashion and life and the finance topics were always the most popular. And so I was like, why not start something that I know I'm going to love doing that's going to help change people's lives, that's going to make me happy. And that's where Clever Girl Finance came from. Mm -hmm. And it's so empowering and inspiring. I feel like a lot of us may have these ideas in their head about, wow, this is something I'm passionate about. I do work but maybe this is something I should explore and it could eventually turn into something that makes money. And that's what you did. You turned Clever Girl Finance into a full-fledged business. So I wanted to talk about how you did that. You were working full-time and you are a mom, by the way. So that adds to right everything that's <laughs> going on in your life and you're a wife. How did you transition from that? And how did you take that leap to be comfortable to make the jump from working on Clever Girl Finance part-time to making it your full-time thing? I come from a technology strategy background. So I'm a business strategist by nature. So that means I'm always planning. I've been planning since (laughs) as long as I can remember. So I had a plan in place. I knew I wanted to be able to do this full time, but I'm not going to downplay the fact that this takes a lot of work. Transitioning from being comfortable in a job where you're getting consistent paycheck and you know even if you go and not really do work that day, you're going to get paid. (laughs) It's very different from running your own business. But I think I was, I already knew the expectation because, you know, when I worked full time, I always had a side hustle. So I was always doing something late into the night. I was always doing something on the weekends, working to generate more income. And so making the transition was something that I planned. I thought about exactly what I needed to do to generate income into my business, at least at a very basic, consistent level. 
being in business, as you know, Jamila, comes with a level of you don't know what to expect always, especially when you're in the early stages of building your business. Income is inconsistent because you're still testing things out. You're still trying to see what products and services work, what your audience is going to take to. You're still getting feedback. You're still learning your business per se. And so you're not going to be getting a steady paycheck. And so one of the things I did was when I knew that, okay, Clever Girl Finance is a viable business and this is something that I can pursue full time. I sat down and I made a plan. And the first thing I did was I created my business plan at the time in that place. What was Clever Girl Finance? What is it that I was offering? Who was my target audience? Where was I going to find them? What products and services was I going to offer them? How was I going to create brand awareness? And I created that whole business plan. And that kind of helped me see the big picture of, okay, this is what's possible right now with Clever Girl Finance. And obviously, when you start a business, a lot of people probably have a big dream of, okay, this is how I imagine my business to be. But in the here and now, you probably don't know how to get there. And that's the same with me. I have a big dream of how I imagine Clever Girl Finance. But at the time when I was creating that business plan, to be able to transition full-time, my immediate goal was to be able to get to a point where I could go full-time. That was what that plan was based on. How am I going to be able to generate the income? Where did I see the business in 12 months? How am I going to bring money in, basically? The other thing I did, which was really important, was if you're trying to transition into business full-time, you want to make sure that you have things set up properly. And that's really important. I can't emphasize that enough. You need to make sure you have your business entity in place. You need to make sure you have your business bank accounts in place. You want to take your business seriously. That way, when you go full time, you know that you have a plan to pay your taxes when you start making money. If for whatever reason you get audited by the IRS, you know, you have your information, you can track your spending, you can track your expenses. So I did that. The other thing I did, which was really important, was that I knew that I wanted to quit by X date. And so I set up an emergency fund. This was a fund that basically was going to be a buffer in the event that this amazing business plan I created did not work as quickly as I had written it down in terms of when I expected it to work. I wanted my transition to be seamless for my family. I didn't want my husband to have to carry on the burden of my household obligations when I made the transition. So the emergency one was basically 12 to 18 months. I think I saved about 18 months of my household expenses of my obligations before I quit. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. How are you ever going to be able to do that? And I was like, listen, the alternative is not to have the emergency fund to quit my job. And in the middle of building this dream business, having to go back to work because I'm not generating the income and I don't have the finances to support carrying on with the business. And so that was why it was important for me to have that buffer to make it seamless for my family and also to be able to carry on if things were not going as planned in terms of generating the income. Right. I want to jump in there because I think what you said was very key because I'm actually struggling or thinking about that right now. So this is my goal. My goal is to turn Journey to Launch into my full-time business. And I talked about this a couple of episodes ago that in order to do that, in order to properly invest in the business and myself And Mm -hmm. to make sure that we are properly prepared. So like you're saying, put money away just in case it doesn't go as planned. And to make sure that we'll be able to sustain our lifestyle if I were quit means I may have to put some of my financial goals on hold. So maybe that means personally, we wouldn't be able to save as much as we do. If you're just turning in, my husband and I, we are aggressive savers and investors because we, well, I want to be able to become financially independent within a certain amount of time frame. So that means funneling as much money as possible into all types of investment accounts. 
And so if I start to take some of that away from the investment accounts to now funnel into myself and my business as an investment, that's kind of a mind shift. And so is that something? Yeah, it's definitely a mind shift. Did you put certain things on hold or cut back on saving and investing because you had this goal of starting Clever Girl Finance and making it a full oiled engine? I think that comes by default of starting a business and pursuing something full time. You're basically starting in the pits. You're starting at the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it is with pretty much all businesses. No business starts today and just takes off tomorrow. There's that window or, or there's that few years where you have to grow the business. And so, yes, I had to give up my 401k. I don't have the option to save 18500 tax deductible. That's not an option. I had to pull back on aggressively saving because I'm an aggressive saver. And I had to pull back on that because I wasn't generating as much income starting out in my business as I did in my job. So my job, I came from a six-figure salary job, which was a lot of money. And so I wasn't making six figures when I started Clever Girl Finance. I couldn't do those things in terms of savings and investments. You're going to have to sacrifice certain things and it could be (laughs) your savings goals, your investing goals, all of those goals. But it's also important to think about the fact that in business, it's normal. And if you have a solid strategy and you're willing to put in the hard work, you can grow your business exponentially, which means there's no cap on how much you can earn. When you're working full time, you kind of know, okay, the VP of my company, the CEO of my company, if I ever get to that level, this is kind of how much they earn. There's kind of a cap on there. But in business, you can earn whatever. And it also depends on how big you want to grow your business, right? So it's keeping that in mind and also understanding that you have to take risks. There's a level of risk to starting a business and not being able to save as aggressively or invest is part of the risk that you take. But you also have to think about, let me plan for the potential outcome. So if I start this business and it's working out and I'm generating the income, and I'm slowly able to build up my earnings to meet what I was earning at my job and exceed what I was earning at my job, then that's amazing because I know that I can keep growing the business. And if I set a timeline of three years to get to X amount in income to know that, okay, I'm in a good place, then that's a plan. And then the alternative plan that you should also have is, okay, if I work on this business for three years and it's just not working out and I'm losing passion and I'm not making any money and I'm perpetually in the negative, what do I want to do then? Do I want to pivot and test out different things or do I just want to call it quits and go back, get a job and play catch up? So it's a risk you take when you leave your full-time job to start a business. And the mindset around it is that Sometimes you're going to hate your life. Sometimes I hate my life. Sometimes it's amazing. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, why did I do this? Like, you know, this is horrible. This was a stupid idea. You're going to go through those cycles. You're going to go through those emotions. But then you keep in mind that you have this plan that you said, okay, I'm giving myself three years to keep pushing with this thing or to go back. And the worst thing that happens is that you go back, you get a job and you play catch up with your savings and with your investments. And Jamila, you of all people know that (laughs) even if you want to pursue your business, for two years, you saved $85,000 in a year. You'll catch up really quickly. For me, it's a risk I'm taking. And it's knowing that at this point, my savings goals are different. But then there's a potential that I could blow all those goals out of the water with this business and the way it grows. And there's also the option that, you know, what, I can go back and get a job and go back to work. Right. And that's the key mindset in which Instead of looking at it as, okay, I'm not investing, I'm taking away money from investing in the markets and in retirement accounts, you're investing in your current asset, which is yourself, which Mm -hmm. can make you 
a lot more money than if you stayed in your current job. So I think that's an important thing for everyone listening. If they're considering making a leap or starting a business, you have to think of the payoff. There's opportunity cost of what Mm -hmm. you're losing by maybe stopping your investments and pausing things, but the payoff can be great. But Bola, I want what you said about having a plan to be very key here, because this doesn't mean you have a business idea, just quit your job tomorrow and hope (laughs) for the best. No, you have to be very and or go into crazy debt to do it. What is your thought on if you're in debt, starting a business or should you go into debt to start a business? Personally, I'm not a fan of going into business in debt or building a business based on debt. I'm not building a business on debt. That's just not the approach I want to take. But in business, a lot of people look at a lot of big businesses, build business on debt, but they have a strategy around when they take on the debt and the purpose of taking on that debt. So they take on the debt when they know that they've gone to a point where their product is generating the income, but they need to take on debt to invest into the business so that it can scale and they're able to quickly pay back the debt. It is a bad idea to take on debt in your business if you don't even have a way of generating your income yet. If you haven't even proofed your product or your service in your marketplace, in your niche, and you know that this is a viable product, taking on debt before that happens is a terrible idea because you don't have any guarantee of how you're going to pay this back. So let's say you have a product that is reaching 10,000 people and this product costs $100 and it's selling out every single time. And you know that if you had $100,000 to put into boosting marketing and whatever, redesigning stuff, it's going to help you 10x your sales. And that 10x is going to get you a million dollars. You can easily pay that $100,000 back. That's a very random example. But if you don't even have an idea of how you're generating income, you don't have an idea of what you're going to do with that money you're going to borrow, it is a bad idea. So I'm not a fan of building business in debt and it's not common, but it is very possible, especially large scale business. Sarah Blakely is a perfect example, the founder of Spanx. She started her business with zero debt. And so if you can get your savings in place, you can get your business savings in place, you can get your business budget in place and you can try to manage as best as you can manage, then you can very possibly build a business without debt. If you are currently in debt and you're trying to build a business, A lot of people think that they have to put all their dreams on hold because they are in debt. And that's not necessarily true. Again, it's all about having a strategy, right? You can still build your business and even transition full time into business in debt, but you have to have a way to pay back that debt. And that means you may need to have a full time business and a part time job. And the sole goal of the income from that part time job is to go towards paying off your debt. And then the income from your business is for your business and the other aspects of your life. And so, again, it's all about perspective. If you have debt and you know that, okay, you're not going to be able to focus on business while you have this debt, then suck it up and stay in your job and aggressively attack your debt. And then once that debt is gone, focus on your business. But if you feel like you need to start this business, you just have to start this business, then come up with a plan that knowing that your income from your business might be inconsistent when you first start, which is very, very common. What can you do to make sure you keep up with your debt repayment? And it could mean starting a part-time job. The other thing I want to say is this is hard work. And it's not just because we're talking a lot about money and it's more than the money. I feel like if you're getting into business, just because of all the challenges that come with business, you know, the emotions around it, the hard work, the long hours, you're going to test things out that are going to fail. You're going to test things that are going to succeed. And this is not to put a damper on business because it's a great thing. I wouldn't change what I'm doing now for anything. But you also want to put into perspective that 
it's hard work. It is hard work. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't stress that enough. (laughs) And you're going to sacrifice other things more than your savings and investment. You're going to sacrifice relationships. You're going to sacrifice time that you would typically spend hanging out with your friends, with your husband, with your kids. And you're going to have to figure out how to prioritize what it is you're trying to build versus the rest of your life. And it's not going to be a clear, it's not going to be like a clear thing to be able to do. So it's important to keep that in mind. And every story that you hear, I think too many people, I've, I, keep, I keep having conversations with people where they say, oh, I'm starting this business. So I'm so sorry that business and they just blew up in two years. So I'm so sorry that business and they blew up in six months. Oh, look at that person. They've only been in business for three years and seven figures, $25,000 launch. And people get caught up <laughs> in all mm-hmm. this fanciness. This guy lived in his car and in six months he was a billionaire. And for every one of those stories, I'll tell you that those stories are anomalies. For every one of those right. stories that you hear, oh, I started my business and I blew up in three months. They're either lying or there are a million other people who try to do the same thing and failed. So when you're going into mm-hmm. business, just understand that you're going to put in a lot of work and be ready to realize that things may not happen as quickly as you expect them to be. It's really a long game. Like you said, you have to suck it up. There's no way around it. If you are looking to generate more income in your current situation and you think that you can start a business to do that on the side, it's going to take a lot of work. Like you said, you're going to lose some sleep. You're going to lose some time with your friends and family. That's what it's going to take to run a successful or to launch a business. Like you said, a lot of people might look at your story. We just said that, okay, Clever Girl Finance has been up and running for two years. And on the outside, I mean, you're doing really well. You have tons. When I first found you, I was like, oh my gosh, how does this woman have so many Instagram followers? Your community is awesome. You work 24 seven. It takes a lot and you do it full time. Like you do Clever Girl Finance full time right now. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a full time job and you're trying to launch something on the side, you're going to have to like be in the trenches for a bit to really, really make it work. That's just facts. Yeah. And a good thing to do is just find a support system, right? In that space you're trying to get into, there's other people like you. So find them and get into that space with them so that you can support each other. And motivation begets motivation, right? When there are people around you who are doing similar things and you're having a bad day, they're going to help you pick yourself up. It's hard work, but it's great work. And if you're passionate about what you're doing, if you're not getting into business solely for money and you're here to put value and you're here to make a difference and that's what's in your heart, you're going to love the journey as crazy as that sounds. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to love the journey, basically. (laughs) Right, right. And that's what it is. It's a complete journey. And that's what I want to focus on with you, because, again, income is the driving force of the wealth equation of getting towards your financial goals. Mm -hmm. And we can decrease our expenses as much as we can reasonably. But the best way to really hyperdrive and accelerate is increasing your income and starting a business, if you have the heart and mindset to do it, is a great way to do that. Absolutely. I wanted to talk a little bit about the way you personally handle money currently. So in the early retirement space and the space of being aggressive with saving and investing, there are a lot of people who live very frugal. They like the simple things in life. And I think that's awesome. I was inspired by those stories. But I do think there's a happy medium because I come across people all the time where it's just like, yes, I want to reach financial freedom, but I don't want to save 80% of my income. And I don't want to not ever be able to go out to eat again. And I want to be able to sometimes buy things. And I think with Clever Girl Finance, you do a good job of telling people that it's okay 
to also reward themselves, but in a responsible way. So how do you personally view that in your life? I mean, I know you're pretty savvy with money, but are you frugal? Are there things you enjoy buying that you're just not going to feel bad about? Oh, I'm not frugal. (laughs) I'll just be honest and tell you right there. I'm not a frugal person. But then knowing that I'm not frugal, I design my financial life and my goals around that. And that's why I talked about being an aggressive saver, because if I'm going to spend a lot and I still have these big goals I set for myself, that I'm going to have to save for them aggressively. So I love luxury vacations. I love designer handbags. I love to go out to eat and spend time with my family, take my kids to you know places and things like that. But then I do sacrifice certain things. If you've ever heard the saying, you can't have your cake and eat the entire cake, it's basically what it is, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing that I have kids now and my husband and I are still trying to save for our long-term goals and save for kids' college because we do intend to pay for our kids' college in cash. And we have other things that we're pursuing, our short-term investments and mid-term investments. means that if before I could buy a designer handbag every four months, maybe now I buy one every eight months. It's all about sacrificing. Maybe it means that I love going out to eat, but maybe we go to one fancy restaurant every couple of months as opposed to every week. So it's all about finding the balance. And when you look at how you're your money now, you have to look at what it is that you want to accomplish and how does how you spend now help you get to that goal or push you further away from that goal. So if your goal is to save a million dollars and every day you're shopping, going out to eat, you're not investing your 401k, you're not investing at all, period, then you're just pushing yourself further away from that goal. But then if you run your numbers and tons of calculators online and say, okay, I want to get to a million dollars in the next 25 years, for example, you know that you have to save at the very minimum this amount, then put that money into the savings. And then whatever you have left over is what you can use for your fancy lifestyle. So my approach is my goals come first. So I'm not frugal, but my goals always come first. And if it's something I want to accomplish, like starting this business, I knew I wanted to quit my job to start this business, then that is my main goal. And once I know what I need to be contributing to that goal every single month, then that's fixed. And then whatever I have left over can go to my unfrugal life. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) That totally makes sense. And I think that's a good perspective because sometimes you hear the other side of things, which is like, okay, like you can't enjoy life at all. But I think what really that means is not that you can't enjoy life and enjoy the finer things and do what you enjoy. It's more of, like you said, is balancing your goals with your current situation. So if you are living paycheck to paycheck and you still have tons of debt, then no, maybe for the next six months, you should hold off on any luxury purchases. Exactly. Actually, not maybe. You should hold off on luxury purchases. It's like when you do get to the point, though, when you're on your feet a bit and you have a little bit of cushion, then yes, start rewarding yourself. Start doing things as long as it doesn't push you further backwards on the journey. I would just add and say that what is frugal to one person might be luxury to another person, right? So you have to understand what is it that you want? What do you want? And what is a good life to you? And how do you plan around that good life to make it a reality? I think people misconstrue the whole treat yourself, treat yourself. It's okay to treat yourself. In certain situations, you can't afford to treat yourself. That's just what it is. And that's me being honest, right? (laughs) Uh I tell you I like handbags, but there has been years where I'm like, you know what? I have the savings goal I need to meet. I'm not buying a handbag this year or in these two years. So again, how bad do you want what it is that you want to accomplish? If you want to retire early, how bad do you want it? And are you willing to put in the work it takes, understanding that you like all these fancy things in life, but you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere. So 
that's also something that people have to kind of sit down and soul search about and look at their own picture and what they want to accomplish with their own lives. And one thing I wanted to say was that as part of me being able to transition full time is that I created a business budget and that's something that's really, really important to do. So the same way you budget for your personal finances, you want to budget for your business, especially as you're thinking of making the transition. So it's laying out what is it going to cost you to start this business? What are your startup costs going to be? And then once you launch your business, what are your recurring operating costs going to be? And once you have an idea of what those costs are, it's going to give you an idea of how much at a minimum you need to be making to keep your business afloat. And this is really, really important. It helps give you clarity as to, okay, I need to sell X amount of products. I need to deliver X amount of services to make X amount of money to be able to pay my bills. And then once you can pay those business bills, anything above that then becomes your profit that you can use to pay yourself a salary. You can use to reinvest back into the business and start building the life that you want out of your business. So business budgeting is really, really important. Right, right. Those excellent tips. And I think we can end here because you gave so much great information. When people want to reach out and find out more about you, where can they find you? (laughs) clevergirlfinance.com. And then you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, all at Clever Girl Finance. Great. And I just want to thank you so much again for coming on the show. As always, it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me, Jamila. This has been great. I really hope you enjoyed that amazing episode with Bola. She gives so many great tips on how to manage your finances, preparing yourself for a mindset with business and how to manage your money in business and just her personal story. I believe it's very inspiring. It shows you what hard work, dedication and some strategy can do to propel you to your financial dreams. Again, if you want the episode show notes, go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 22. Again, if you are enjoying this podcast, please tell a friend to tell a friend, share it with whoever you want to see succeed with you on this journey. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Okay, so on to reading this review from Mrs. Prieto. I hope I said that right, Mrs. Prieto. This is one of the iTunes reviews. She says, previously, I've never found any type of content that makes understanding finances engaging or even remotely relatable. Then I came to Journey to Launch. My mindset was already ready to shift into the space and Jamila's podcast came right on time. I have listened to every episode at least four times and through her content have discovered Mr. Money Mustache, JL Collins, Patrice Washington, and the FI community as a whole. I can't say enough good things about this podcast to readers and everyone else who would listen to me. Wow, this is such an amazing review. And this is the goal. This is what I want for you guys. Thank you so much, Mrs. Prieto. I really appreciate this. You know, and that's what I want. I always say this. I'm planting the seeds. I want to put you on to understanding what makes you tick, what motivates you. I want to inspire you to take action and help you along the way and provide those resources and tools to help you reach your financial goals. And so I love that you have reached out or have started to look into the other resources that I always mention. And so that's amazing. And yes, please continue to tell your family and friends about this podcast. Believe it or not, guys, that's how things get started. That's how things get bigger is really word of mouth. So I really appreciate when you guys do that. Again, if you want to join me on this journey, I mean, you're listening to this. Technically, you're a journeyer. But if you really want to become a journeyer and if you're not already in the Facebook community, please go and join. You can join at journeytolaunch.com slash community. 
You can also go to my website, journeytolaunch.com. I have tons of ways in which you can join my email list. And really the email list is the place you wanna be because once you're signed up to my weekly email list, you'll get all the updates about Journey to Launch. You won't miss a thing. And any special announcements or the little things I do, I usually announce it in the newsletter and in my Facebook community first. So you want to make sure you're on that list by going to journeytolaunch.com and signing up for any one of my opt-ins or joining the community, journeytolaunch.com slash community. Thank you so much again for joining. You could follow me on all social media if you want to reach out and directly contact me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Journey to Launch. Stay tuned for next week's episode. I will chat with you guys next week. <laughs>